join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start with your childhood and, and where you grew up. Um, yep. What what part of this earth did you grow up? Man, I grew up uh, cut off Louisiana yeah. down there in Lafouche Parish, about uh, about two hours or so from here. Uh, middle of nowhere, man, absolutely nowhere. If you drive from my house where I grew up, if you drive about another twenty minutes south, that's it. Into the country, you're at the Gulf of Mexico. There is no more country left after yeah. that yeah and uh so you could kind of imagine man it's such a small place there's no music community out there right you know homa which is about 30 minutes away they had a scene for a little while you know they had uh, the brick house really huge place mm -hmm. uh you know after covid and the dude ended up losing it and the building's not even there anymore it got bulldozed they had a couple other places, you know, the uh, the Intercoastal Club got wrecked after the last storm, but I saw they actually just reopened, so hopefully they start doing things there a little bit. But as far as, you know, where I was from, there was no live music yeah. or anything. Maybe Homa, maybe once every month, you know, maybe once every other month, very, very sparingly. So uh, there was nowhere to actually see live music. Yeah. How, how long did you live there? Oh man, eighteen years. I uh, whenever I graduated high school, I moved out of my parents' house about a week after high school graduation, and uh, you know bounced around from a couple places here and there. Uh, lived in Homa for a couple of years, and uh, moved up here to the North Shore. Whew, about three, four years ago, somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my wife was originally from up here, so. Uh, you know, we were living in two different places. I was living in home at the time. My uh, my lease came up. I'm like, hey, we just move in with you, you know, and uh, been here ever since. Yeah. How'd you like home? And it must have been a great change of pace from cut on. Yeah, home. it was it was a cool place, man. Um, you know, definitely more to do. You know, uh, <clears throat> as far as you know, whenever I say there was nothing down there, there was nothing down there. It was Walmart, man. I remember in high school. We used to just go hang out at Walmart for yeah, fun. that's rough. <laughs> you know, there wasn't nothing to do, man. I'm talking about, you know, park your truck in, like, the Sonic parking lot. People would just hang out at the Sonic parking lot. There was nothing down there. Yeah. You know, if you're into, like, hunting, fishing, you know, they say it's sportsman paradise. It really is. But if that's not really your scene, man, there's nothing to do. Yeah. So whenever I moved to home, it's, you know, it's a lot cooler, man. There's actual, you know, places you can go check out some music, even if it's just cover bands and stuff. You could still get out. The place where we lived, it was uh, like right behind the big shopping district. Mm -hmm. So we were right there. But I tell you what, I love the North Shore way, way more. Oh, Covington, sure. Mandeville area is beautiful, man. It's 
It's in a perfect centralized location. Yeah. You know, we're about an hour from New Orleans. We're an hour from Baton Rouge, about an hour and a half from Biloxi. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that's coming to town, we're there. It's an hour out of the way. We can go see it. Sure. It's an easy spot. Um, when you were, I'm going to back it up just a little bit. When you were coming up in Cutoff, uh, were your parents big music fans? Um, did you, what did you have to work with at home since there was no live music around you outside the house? No, they weren't really too into it. You know, music wasn't really in the house a lot. Yeah. Uh, my dad liked, you know, classic eighties rock. I remember being like a little kid, you know, we'd go somewhere, we'd get in the truck or something, you know, he'd play like Kiss or, you know, something like that. Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Uh, but it wasn't like a staple. Like, it wasn't a big part. It's like, right. you know, whatever we're driving, we'll put on the radio. Whatever's on the radio is coming on. That that was the only music in yeah. the house. Um, what, did, what, what were you drawn towards? And, and how old were you when you started to make those decisions yourself? Like, go seek out your own music. <sighs> Probably... High school. So it became more relevant in high school. became more relevant in high school. You know, elementary school, middle school. Uh, I liked what everyone liked. You know, back then, Three Days Grace was really popular. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Five Finger Death Punch, Disturbed, uh, Skillet, Cedar. All those guys were really popular. And that's it. That's all I really listened to. I got to high school and I started to really diversify it. Mm-hmm. You know, I got into different genres of rock and metal not just you know your top 40 hits that's on the radio Mm -hmm. you know people forget you know back then it was kind of a pain in the butt to listen to music you know you didn't have spotify or anything we had pandora pandora that was just you know you can't pick what you want at least back then you couldn't pick what you want to listen to you just put on a station and hope something good comes on or you had to like look up the stuff on youtube but, you know, you couldn't just, like, open up your phone, pop up an app, and I want to listen to this song by this band with no ads, no nothing. Sure. It's a lot easier now. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, I think, because it's it's so convenient, and that's that's a plus, but it's changed the way that we consume music. Yeah. And um, because on the radio, you were forced to listen to whatever they played. Yeah. So you got to hear different things that you never heard, and... Take the good with the bad or see some good in things that you may have just written off initially. You know what I'm saying? Right. And nowadays, like, you know, people might not understand what the B-side is, which right. was a valuable resource to people that, you know, maybe they bought a single for the A-side and then they found the B-side to be equally as appetizing. You know what right. I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I see it both ways, I guess, you know, but yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a bygone era. What years are we talking about when you, let's say, what year was it when you made the move to Homa? Because by then you had graduated. In high school, you started Ooh. finding your own in the, the way of music, I guess, right? Yeah, I, um, man, so I'm a young guy. It throws a lot of people off. Everyone's like, oh, man, I thought you were way older. I'm 25. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, man, I thought you were 35. I'm like, ah, it's not the compliment you think it is, <laughs> you know? So, you know, you know, remember I graduated high school 2015, got into high school 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I moved to Homa. I was probably about 19, somewhere around there. I lived there for a couple of years. I moved up here at about, I lived there for about three years. I moved up here when I was about 22, 25 now. Yeah, that math works out. Yeah. And uh, I didn't start going see live music until I was 18. Oh, wow. So one, okay. there's nothing down there. You know, bands, they might, 
you know, come to like New Orleans or Baton Rouge or something. But, you know, my dad was not taking me to New Orleans. Right. You know, to go see, uh, you know, some band that he'd never heard of at some club he'd never heard of. <laughs> you know, my parents were definitely afraid of Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, some areas are a little shadier than others. Sure. But I didn't, you know, start going see bands until I was 18. And I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know where the venues were. At that time, I only knew what the brick house was because that was in Homa. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, like Southport Hall. Back then, the Varsity was really big. They had the Spanish Moon that was really big. I didn't know where all these places were. Sure. You know, I would just, you know, go to a place. I'd see a band play in there. I'd go there for the first time and, you know, cross my fingers and hope it worked out because I'd go by myself. Yeah. You know, my friends weren't really... I had friends. I didn't have, you know, I had very tight friends. You know, I didn't associate with a huge group of people. I had maybe two or three friends in high school. Sure. We graduated. They joined the military. They're out, you know. <laughs> so square one again. I'm like, man, all right. Well, I guess I'm going to these things by myself. You know, I hope uh, hope it's in a you know safe part of town. You know, right. I've never been here before. Uh, never drove through like a city or anything before. It was new. You know, I was like country bumpkin. Right, you know? right. <laughs> uh, the first music thing i ever went to was work tour 2015 i think they had it in new orleans that was the first time i'd ever seen live music and i was just, i was hooked I it was, it was so, so incredible big way to see live music for the yeah. first time <laughs> and uh man you know i remember hanging out i didn't go to the big stages because there was a bunch of people i'm like oh i don't want to stand 200 feet back to see these bands I spent most of that day hanging out on uh, the Full Sail University stage mm -hmm. where it's all of the really small artists. And uh, I still remember them all to this day. I don't even think some of them, some of them I know aren't around. I saw Bad Sea Rising, incredible. I wish they would have never broken up. I saw Pele Royale back mm -hmm. when they were, no one knew who these guys were. There was like 20 people standing in front of that stage with me. Yeah. Now these guys are touring the world. And that's so awesome to see. Wow. You know? Yeah. I remember, as a matter of fact, uh, the coolest thing, I still have it. The guy signed a CD for me. And uh, I'm just, you know, how they set up just, you know, tents and booths everywhere. Sure. You know, I'm just walking and by myself. The uh, guitarist from Payway Royale sees me from his booth. He's like, hey. You were watching our set. Come over here. Gave me a CD, signed it. He's like, dude, just thank you for supporting us. Nice. And that was so killer. Class. Yeah. <laughs> First, you know, <clears throat> club show I'd ever went to. Again, I was 18. It was at the Varsity Theater in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Islander was coming to town. And uh, I didn't know who Islander was, but Bad Seed Rising was on the bill with them. I saw them at Warp Tour. Loved them. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go see him again. Yeah. So those two and local support band was Ventress. I didn't know who Ventress was. I thought Ventress was a touring band on the tour with them. I had no idea these guys were local. Yeah. And uh, if you know the band, you know, they're all such cool dudes. Ben, you know, 12 feet tall, you know, nicest guy in the world. You know, there wasn't a huge crowd that night because, you know, no one ever heard of Bad Seed Rising. Islander wasn't really that big at the time. They were still kind of new. Mm -hmm. So there was like maybe 40, 50 people there. And the guys from Ventures came like, oh, dude, thank you so much for being here. You know, shook my hand. Oh, man, we really appreciate it. And, you, you know, whenever that kind of stuff happens, you start kind of realizing like, man, this is, this is really a tight-knit community. You know, like it feels genuine. Like they're not just trying to 
sell me a CD or something. Like, they actually appreciate you being here. And that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it has a lot to do with um, why they get in it for the first place. Yeah. And you could tell that with your interactions like you're talking about. And when they're performing, um, you know, their performance depends on the energy from the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You could have two different performances from the same band on two consecutive nights and it'll have everything to do with the crowd nothing to do with them because they're consistent you know oh yeah it's amazing so you um so you're discovering music uh in a big way really yeah for the first time and um following your how long did you stay at home in home there about three years three years yeah okay. and then you came to the north shore yeah and um, what changed for you? You were starting over again, basically. The only person you get one person that you knew. Yeah, I had my wife. Yeah. That was a, you know, it's one of those things. I had one person here that I knew. But, you know, you're still going to shows, but you're not going by yourself. You know, thankfully, she goes with me now. I don't have to go by myself. Now, it's so weird if, you know, I have to go to a show without her. Yeah. So, man, we've been, you know, been married for... Um, Edit that out in case she watches. Don't this screw stuff. it up, man. <laughs> we might edit this part out in case she watches this. She's going to come home uh, two years. What was that long <laughs> pause? <laughs> it's so weird to not go to a show with her. Yeah. Um, but I never really felt like I was alone because, you know, you start going to these shows and you make friends because it's all the other people going to all the local shows. Sure. I, remember, I used to make a lot <clears throat> of friends just going to a show and walking up to someone like, hey, dude, that's a killer T-shirt. And they were wearing, like, a local T-shirt or a metal T-shirt. And then you just start talking. Yeah. And then, you know, cool. You talk for 10, 15 minutes. Next weekend, you go to another show. You see him again at the next show. You talk to him 10, 15 minutes. And uh, you start to really make friends that way. Yeah. Um, the North Shore kind of suffered the same issue that Homa had though, whenever I first moved up here. There wasn't really any. There was a lot of live music. You know, you go to uh, Covington and Mandeville, and you can't throw a rock down the street without hitting a venue that's doing, like, a cover band. But right. there was no original artists, which is crazy because there's so many really good original bands on the North Shore. Their mm -hmm. hometown is Covington and Mandeville and Hammond and Slidell. Yeah. There's nowhere for them to play out here. So we were still just, you know, hey, let's go to New Orleans, go to the Twisted Lime, you know, let's go to, uh, let's go to Mid City Ballroom out in uh, Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. you know, let's go, oh, this band's coming to Southport, let's go Southport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I always tried to go see as many bands as possible because I love them. I, you know, whenever I first started going to see live music, I was a nerd and I kept a list of every band I'd ever seen. It started with Warp Tour. Because, uh, you know, I didn't really know who any of these bands were. I'm like, well, every band that I watch, I mean, you know, just write them down on my phone. And I'll go back later and listen to them. And uh, that just kind of developed into a list that I've kept, you know, these past <clears throat> seven, eight years. And I've uh, seen almost 300 bands nice. that's been added to that list, all between national acts and local acts. Sure. And uh, it's kind of cool to see, like, oh, man, I've seen, like, like Ventress. I've seen Ventress, like. 13, 14 times over yeah. the years. I found that I really enjoy, I like doing what you're talking about, and I think that resonates with people because anybody, let's just say, uh, uh, for, for, for another um, area of life, they could say, I fell down the YouTube wormhole. You go, you, you keep digging further and further yeah. into something, and you kind of forge your own path through it. So, I mean, 
that that appeals to people like that. But I've always found it personally uh, satisfying to be able to find new bands. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the only way that I know to do that is to just dig and dig and dig. Yeah. And I've also found that I, I find myself more interested in a band when I have some sort of personal investment in them. Like yeah. I've, I've seen them at a show or um, I, I, I had their first CD or, you know what I'm saying? There was, there's some point of contact or I met the drummer one time. Or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you, you gain interest in these people and you want to dig into them further and it's really enjoyable. I think it's part of what's awesome about music. It really is, man. You know, the way that we listen to music today, you know, we got Apple Music, Spotify, all that. It's never been easier to discover new artists, but it's also never been harder. Because yeah. we have everything <laughs> at our disposal. It's too much. It's so easy. It's like, you know, like all the streaming services. If you have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and Disney, uh, yeah, you have a lot to watch. It's hard to pick what you want to watch. Yeah. And then you usually end up, you know, looking at it for like an hour. <clears throat> That's me. And uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll just watch, you know, uh, this episode of this sitcom. Yeah, I don't I've even seen, care anymore. I'm you know, 700 too. times before. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's never been easier to go up and discover new music, but you don't that often because yeah. you get so comfortable with, well, this is my playlist. These are the bands I listen to. You got to really force yourself to search out new artists um and you know it's, it's crazy there's so many like i take the gulf coast for example we have such a rich scene here there's so many young talented bands between you know like lafayette here in louisiana working down the coast to like fort walton beach or pensacola florida sure there are so many uh incredible talents out there and uh you know, you just you go to a show. You might not know who they are, but maybe you know one of the bands that they're playing with, and maybe they're one of your friends. You're just going <laughs> on a Friday, Saturday night, and then uh, hey, you find some. You know, you completely fall in love with this band that you didn't really care about two hours ago. Whenever yeah. you were driving to the place, yeah. Um, you know, give a shout out to the Gulf Coast community here. We, there's so many incredible bands. You know, we got Seven, Pardon the Scars, Envision, Ventress, Wildfire. Um, uh, Brave New World out of Pensacola. There's uh, you know, in New Orleans, there's Drab. She might be a beast. There's so many yeah. young bands that are popping up that uh, it's so hard to. It, it's weird. It feels like after COVID, there was an explosion of new sure. bands, which makes sense. I mean, you know, the, these are probably bands <laughs> that they're new to us, but they've probably been doing this in the two years that we were all locked in. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they can finally play. That was the case with Pardon the Scars. I'm like, man, I never heard of you guys before. Like, yeah, we debuted 2019 right before the lockdowns. <clears throat> so, Dude, I've, I've interviewed two, two different artists that uh, COVID is the reason for their last album. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Point blank, because one of them was a solo artist, and he would have kept doing whatever the band he was playing with was doing. Yeah. Or, you know, he played several bands. He would have just done gigs with those guys, but instead, he, it actually was the catalyst for him making his first solo effort. Yeah. Super cool, you know? I, I, I was really um, floored by the way that COVID affected creatives, you know? Yeah, it, it did a lot for a lot of people. There was a lot of bands that broke up during COVID. You know, 2019, I, uh, I was the vocalist for Zinc metal band out here. You know, COVID came. We couldn't play anymore. We just stopped. We kind of broke up, you know? There's a lot of bands that broke up, which is unfortunate. There's a lot of bands that took that time, said, well, you know, we can't 
perform right now, but we can write. Yeah. We can go to the studio. We can record. You know, we can really spend this time honing our craft. Sure. And come out swinging. Explore. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think once, you know, the lockdown stopped and, you know, people came back, I think it really, you can really see who spent those two years just kind of sitting around waiting and who spent those two years still diligently trying to hone their craft. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so you're, you've moved to the North shore and, uh, you kind of at square one as far as socially, again, being in a new surroundings. Um, what causes you to start, uh, booking bands at a bar? The opportunity presented itself. So, you know, like I said, me and my wife, if we wanted to go see live music, so we're not that into cover bands. You know, mm-hmm. I like them. There's absolutely nothing against them. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of gets old after a little while. I like original rock and metal. Yeah. So we'd have to go to Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Biloxi, whatever, and uh, hated driving an hour <laughs> to go see anything, you sure. know. So uh, whenever a new venue opened up in Mandeville, the Hideaway Den and Arcade, they um, it was the first time I'd ever seen some original bands on the North Shore, and it was the first show they ever did. It was back in January of this year. It was uh, Pious, Thornprick, and uh, Dead Machine Theory. Mm-hmm. You know, Thornprick and Pious both right here on the North Shore. Dead Machine Theory coming out of. Uh, New Orleans. I'd seen Pius once before at the Twist of Lime. Really liked them. And uh, I was giddy. I was excited, man. I'd never heard of this place. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, you know, we only have to drive 30 minutes to go see a show instead of an hour. So nice, right? I'm like, man, let's go. And we get there. You know, it was a good people. It was like, you know, 50, 60 people there. You know, pretty good. And there was a lot of people that we knew. And, uh, you know, Everyone and their mom came. I think everyone kind of had that same level of excitement to them. Like, oh my God, it's an original show here on the North Shore. Right. And uh, it was a killer show. A really cool place. And, uh, you know, from there, I decided, like, you know what? Let me reach out to these guys. I know a lot of bands. You know, over the years, I've made a lot of friends. And uh, really, it was kind of selfish on my part. I'm like, I'd love it if this band came to this area. I don't want to have to drive an hour to go see it. <laughs> Really, it was, it was more of me being lazy. You than were door dashing a band. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was really me being lazy more than anything. I'm like, man, I can cut my drive time in half if I try and bring them here. No shit. So uh, I reach out to the venue, and uh, you know, we, we get to talking, and uh, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we just bought this place uh, a couple of months ago. This is actually the first live performance that we have, and man, we were so happy with it. Everyone was so nice. Like, we'd really like to do it again. Like, well, can I book something here? And uh, they're like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, they just, they didn't know who I was. Well, what was, let me ask you this, because I saw, I remember seeing them announce the place opening. And I think they had something different in mind for the space than what it's become. And this is in a short period of time. It's a year. Yes. So it's kind of transformed during that time. It's it's so crazy to think it's it's only you know we're in December now. It's only been a year. Yeah, um, they've evolved so much. Originally, the place used to be called Mandeville Social, and uh, it wasn't much of anything. Did, you know, it, they, tra- did it transfer ownership into the Hideaway? 
Yes, um, they had bought it from the previous owners. Gotcha. At that time, it was you know still just kind of like a little arcade. You know, they had a few video games, like a few VR games, but they weren't doing too much. Right. And what that's uh, what I saw. I was like, that's interesting, an arcade. Yeah. Maybe I'll stop there. I'm not, you know, I'm not a video game dude, it but I'd have to go for, see the presentation. Yeah, it was a place for kids when yeah. they had it. And occasionally, I think the owner would, you know, have her girlfriends over. They'd do like brunch and stuff like that. Yeah. It wasn't doing too much. So they were just kind of, I don't know, trying to see who they were going to be, I guess. Yeah. Well, whenever uh, they bought it, you know, they're like, man, we really want to do entertainment here. It's what initially you know, kind of gave him the idea to it. Uh, it's a husband and wife that own it. It's mm-hmm. Millie and Daryl Rolo, two of the nicest people on earth. Uh, Daryl, you know, his comedy's, uh, his background is in comedy. You know, he's been a comedian here in Louisiana in the past, I think, seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, he had a podcast for years, didn't he? I'm not too sure. I know that he's done a lot. Yeah. Uh, him and another guy, Josh Watts, they do North Shore comedy out here. Gotcha. But he's always been... You know, active in the comedy scene the same way I was active in the music scene. Okay. So what kind of interested him to buy the place was uh, he went there one day. He's like, kind of like I did. Hey, can I do a rock show here? He went there. Hey, can I do a comedy show here? And they're like, well, it's for sale. You want to buy it? And they're like, let's buy it. <laughs> they bought the place with the uh, with the intent of offering live entertainment. And they do. They do uh, book comedy nights with you know really really good names they just had you know like sean Patton, dan saint germain mm-hmm. um you know they do music we do have our cover bands we have our original acts um you know they do like their drag nights they do uh you know karaoke they, they try and do as much as possible um so they bought it you know i think i don't know which band it was it was one of the local bands that approached them like hey can we play music here one night they're like yeah sure whatever and uh, they're like man that was a really cool night so whenever I approach them, I'm like, hey, can I book music here one night? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's up, everybody? Normally in the middle of podcasts, they give you a bunch of advertisements. But on the NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we like to shout out our local musicians. So if you're a solo artist or part of a band living in Louisiana and would like to get your shout out, this is your chance. Text 504 708 4923, or email us at neworleansmusicians at gmail.com. It's 100% free, it's easy to do, and it puts your talent in front of a large audience. So once again, that's 504-708-4923, or neworleansmusicians at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And now, back to our show. And uh, the first show I booked, it was uh, Akala, local here in Cuffington, Four Mag Nitrous, one of my favorite bands out of Baton Rouge. And, um, oh man, who, I feel bad. I don't, Dead Savage out of Hammond. So uh, I'm like, man, I really like all these bands. I think they really fit well together. And uh, I was a huge Four Mag Nitrous fan. I didn't want to drive an hour to Baton Rouge to go see them. So, yeah. you know, we did that. I booked that show, funny enough. <clears throat> it was going to be my wife and I's very first wedding anniversary. I didn't think about it. It wasn't on the calendar. Yeah. And, uh, man, I get home. I'm like, baby, they let me book a show. You know, like, I, I, dude, I'm so excited. I'm like, well, you know, I can't believe they let me do this. So nice of them. And she's like, oh, when's it going to be? I'm like, oh, it's going to be in May. And she's like, 
aren't we doing something that night? I'm like, nope, I checked the calendar, nothing. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing on that. So I caught a lot of I caught a lot of hell for that. Oh, but the show came, dude, it was a great turnout. I think we had like 80 people in. You know, the owners were so happy about it. You know, everyone was so nice. And from there, that one show kind of evolved into what it is now and I'm I'm practically their their talent buyer for musical acts now. What's the capacity at that place? You said it earlier. Capacity um legal capacity is three hundred, but they cap their events at two hundred just to not overwhelm their staff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's one of those things it's a big place but also a small place. I liked it. Yeah. I was comfortable there. It's you know, that's what we hear from a lot of people. It's it's got a good vibe to it. It's not dank or dark or dirty. It's very open. It's, it's not crowded either. Like yeah, you're talking about it's the very hideaway, clean. The hideaway is, is a, a decent enough spread to where you can you got sofas that are still available. Yeah, and it's not an empty venue by no means during that time. It's just they have enough room. Oh yeah, man. It, it's it's a really <clears> cool <throat> place. You know, you know, some places the smaller places you go. You know, it's dark, it's a little smoky, you know, you think, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, I might get stabbed. <laughs> you know, this place, it's it's very clean, uh, you know. So they're, they're stab free. Yeah, their okay. staff's very nice, very personable, um, and, you know, they just have such a killer team there. You know, from that one show, we've uh, expanded so much, we built out the stage, we brought in an in-house sound tech with a full sound rig. Nice. And, uh, you know, they're looking to do more and more and uh you know whenever they first opened up they're like man we want to be the southport hall of the north shore in the sense that we want to offer uh, a wide variety of entertainment to the people mm. out here so man before you before they opened up there were no <laughs> comedy shows out here you know there was you couldn't go see a comedian no you couldn't go see some original band you can go see cover bands but yeah you couldn't do any of that. There was none of that out here. I'm hoping, and I see it little by little, if there's a few places every now and again, you might see them do like a one-off original show. And I'm hoping we see more of that out there. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, from, I understand from the standpoint of an owner like them, you know, they're the buyer. They have their own bills to pay. They have their own bottom line to meet. And I understand what that's like. And uh, I think a lot of the venues, it's not that they hate original music, but they're... It's a gamble. It's a gamble. I get it. It yeah. really is. I mean, and, and, you know, at the Hideaway, we gamble many a weekend. Not all of our shows are giant successes. Uh, but what I'm hoping for is, you know, word gets around and some of these places are like, man, you know, maybe <clears> we <throat> could open our doors every once in a while and build the scene and, you know, maybe we're not going to lose money that night. Yeah. And I think if they gave it a chance, they they really do well. There's, you know, such a big population on the North Shore. There's no reason we can't have an active scene that rivals, you know, Lafayette or Baton Rouge or New, uh, New Orleans. Sure. You know, I interviewed a club owner a while back and... Um, his his go-to practice would be, uh, you know, take a Tuesday or a Wednesday. If a band approaches you and wants to play this this coming weekend or a month from now, a weekend, you say, you're not getting a weekend. Yeah. We'll do a test on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah. Let's see how many people you pull. And if you could pull enough people on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and he's even giving you the curve that it's, 
it's Tuesday or Wednesday, I understand, but I want to see yeah. what you got. If you could do that, then you earn the right to a weekend. Right. I think maybe if more clubs did that, then they wouldn't feel so much like they were gambling. They didn't, you know what I'm saying? They didn't feel like they were risking so much. I agree. You know, give a band, you know, a Wednesday, a Thursday night. You know, I get it. You know, most places, you know, Monday, it's a dead night. Tuesday, sure. give or take, you know, most places aren't open. But, uh, you know, you're open. So, you know, I don't know what, you know, every single place's production costs are. Thankfully, ours aren't that high. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do a show on a Wednesday or Thursday, invite a band in and, you know, give them that understanding that it's a weekday. We understand you're not going to bring a lot of people out here, but let's see what you can do. Mm-hmm. The problem with the North Shore is this area has been closed off for so long yeah. that a lot of bands coming out of here, this is their very first time. They don't have fans out here. And, you know, their their fan base is not driving from New Orleans because they're going to be playing in New Orleans in a few weeks. They'll go see them in a few weeks, you know, yeah. at a place that they know and they're comfortable with. So we rely heavily on our local North Shore bands, and we had some good ones. You know, there's uh, Pius, Blackwater Canal, Thornbrick, Akala, Marsh, Dead Savage, you know, uh, we have a pretty big pool of locals that, you know, their friends live out here. Their family live out here. They're going to come to these shows. And uh, it's one of those things that it's a little strategic how you try and plan a show. Mm-hmm. So we've done it where it's three out-of-town bands, amazing killer bands. 20 people walk through the door. Bar loses money. You yeah. can't do that again. Right. So <clears throat> you got to mix it up. Yeah. You know, it's you try and boil it down to a science it's like okay who can i pair with who that it's still going to be a good night it's not a weird lineup (laughs) and you know we get people out here and it's still very much hit or miss yeah um you didn't stay at hideaway uh you ventured out yeah so whenever i first started doing this you know i went to the hideaway first and i'm like man i really love booking these shows it's a lot of fun at the hideaway yes yeah I'm like, man, it would be really cool if uh, we did this more on the North Shore. And uh, I went to about every music venue between Slidell and Hammond, everywhere in between. How many are we talking? About 20. Mm-hmm. About 20. Uh, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But, uh, and whatever I mean, I went to these places. I went, I, I didn't just, you know, send them like a Facebook message. Like, I went to these places. Sure. Hey, here's my business card. You know, I understand you don't know me from Adam, but, you know, give me a chance to see what we can do. Everywhere turned their nose at me, slammed the door in my face. They didn't want to work with me. I get it, you know. You know who I am. Sure. You know, a lot of these places, they have their in-house people already. But uh, after that, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm all in on this place. <laughs> and uh, I've been all in with them ever since, and I, I don't regret it, man. I never looked back. Yeah. And uh, I think now if, you know, one of these places that originally turned their nose to me came back and said, well, man, we've been seeing what you're doing for this place. You know, maybe maybe we could do something. I'd probably tell them no. I'm like, sorry, they take really good care of me here. I'm all in over here. So what was what sparked uh, the idea for um, your own promotional company? Well, I did the one show. It went well. And I'm like, man, I loved this. I loved everything about it. I can't remember the last time before that that I did something that just brought me so much joy. Everything from 
you know, booking the bands to doing the flyers to all the online promotion and the ads and everything. I just fell in love with the whole process. I'm like, this is so much fun. Like it, you know, it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. It's like they say, you know, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. Yeah. And, uh, from there, I'm like, you know what, you know, let's, you know, let's see, maybe I can make a little bit of side money off this, you know, and me, I'm very technical. I like to do everything by the book. Mm. You know, I don't skirt any of the rules. Uh, so I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, turn this in, you know, let's, let's register it as an LLC and, uh, you know, just see what happens and things kept happening and, you know, the more doors opened, I found more avenues of stuff that I like even more and, uh, it's kind of brought us to where we are today. Yeah. Tell everybody what you're doing today. Cause, um, I mean, I'm excited for you, you know, I've, I've heard a little bit, uh, let everybody know what's happening. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, <laughs> Earlier, it was on the 21st, I think that was last Monday, if not mistake, we finally, we let the cat out of the bag. I've been working on this for the past three, four months, behind the scenes, making sure that everything is in place before we announce it publicly. But I've gotten everything in place, and uh, we have officially taken Fuel the Funeral promotions and entertainment to Fuel the Funeral entertainment, and we are a fully operating booking agency with a list of developmental services and PR promotional services from bands. Um, The only thing we don't do is we do not personally manage a band. We manage them as their booking agent, but as you know, to say I am this band's manager, we don't do that. That's Mm -hmm. the only thing. But if you come to us, you need booking representation. We can do that. You need, uh, you know, a PR run, ad expertise. We can do that. You need promotional materials mated. We can do that. You need a website made. We do it. EPK one sheet made. We do it. Try and offer as much as possible. Sure. And, uh, you know, the services are growing by the day because as we learn to do more and more things, we can start offering them to people. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Uh, I've enjoyed in my own ventures... Um, multitasking because it's a creative outlet on so many different levels. Yeah, you're, you're doing one thing over here this day, and then the next day you're doing something different. It just kind of the variety keeps keeps that flame going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of work, man. You know, in those three four months of working behind the scenes, I mean, it was a lot of nights. You know, you work until two three in the morning behind your computer, making sure that it's done the right way. So I don't want to approach these bands and say, hey, let me give you booking representation if I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Sure. There's enough thieves out there. I don't want to be another one of them. Sure. And that's what really led me to starting this venture. You know, like it was about maybe eight, nine months ago, I was picked up by a newer up-and-coming management firm that also did a little bit of side booking. They wanted me to be a booking agent. And I was giddy about it. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be so cool. They have a really cool roster. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to be working with these guys. And I uh, started working for them. And I just started noticing some things. You know, I don't wanna name names or anything like that, but their some of their business practices were a little less than reputable. Uh-huh. And I uh, took a look and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, we're taking these bands' money. 
we're not doing very much for them. Like, how are we justifying this? And I uh, just took a big step back. I'm like, I don't want to do this. This this feels wrong. I left that company. And after I left that company, I'm like, you know what? I was really excited to be booking for these bands. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to do it for myself now. Yeah. That way, at least, because, you know, there's, you know, it's not just this one company. Any small mm-hmm. band will tell you. There's a lot of crooks out there. There's a lot of people interested in lining their pockets at the band's expenses. Sure. You know, whether it's, uh, hey, you know, you know, sign with me and pay me a retainer every month. I'll be your manager. They don't do anything for you. Yeah. Or, uh, man, you know, give me X amount a month and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do all this for And then they don't do anything for you. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you're a small band, you know, if you're paying your manager $1,000 a month, that's that's a lot of money man these are that's not you know that's not coming from their merch table that's coming from their day job paychecks yeah they're paying you and you know to know that they're getting ripped off i mean that hurts yeah that hurts and that makes them so apprehensive to want to work with anyone else i always tell every artist even the ones that i sign with every contract that i give my own bands i'm like Take this, go to an entertainment lawyer. I know it's going to cost some money. I'm not telling you I'm a crook or anything, but don't just take my word for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to an entertainment lawyer. Go to other people that you may have known that have you know been through a similar process. Have them look it over. Make sure that this contract that I'm giving you is absolutely in your best interest. Sure. Because I want you to be 100% confident that I'm in this for your best interest. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if honesty is the best bait out there right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's been a lot of bands that uh, I've had a lot uh, approach me. Cause, you know, I've been working on this long before we announced it. You know, I've got three bands signed to my roster. They were all signed before we announced anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there were dozens more that I sat down and had discussions and interviews with that were interested in booking with me. And uh, you have to be transparent. You know, I've I've had some bands say, well, look, this is what we're looking to do. We would really like to get on all the big national festivals. We'd like to jump on some of these bigger, high-profile tours. And I said, man, that's awesome. I'm not your guy. I'm still very new at this. I'm not... Uh, you know, 30-year seasoned agent that can pick up my phone and make things happen in a day. I said, you know, if, if you guys want to go do these big things, that's awesome. I love that you have these big goals, but I'm just not the right fit for you. And, you know, it lost a lot of bands, but they appreciate the honesty, sure. you know. And you might be at that point of certain time in your career and yeah. they're not going to forget you you know yeah. i hope to be at that point i'm definitely not going to stop until i am at that point sure that's the but right now you know i'm still very new at this i know i think it's important to know what your capabilities and your limitations are and be very very honest about it don't try and flub anything yeah don't try and um you know don't try to embellish anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Like, I know what I can do. I'm very confident at what I can do. And I know what I can't do. And if you come to me and you ask for something that I know that I can't do, you know, I I just cannot take your money. 
knowing I cannot yeah. do this for you. I just, I can't do that. And it's scary. There's so many people out there that can do that. Sure. Yeah. Sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. What, um, are you, uh, I would guess not, but are you, um, strictly dealing in a, a certain genre or are you looking for bands in different genres intentionally? Well, you know, I like rock and metal. That's, you know, my bread and butter. <clears throat> That's what I cut my teeth on. It's what I know best. Uh, but you know, if a country guy came to me, I'm not going to, you know, turn them away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd give them the same treatment. I give every other band, every band that goes to my website and sends in an artist submission or they reach out to our Facebook or our email, you know, I give them all the same uh, courtesy that they gave me because they took time out of their day to go and look up my company and see who we are and what we're about and submit themselves. And yeah. we really appreciate that. They don't have to do that. Yeah. There's a lot more companies out there that do what I do. There's a lot more that are better than I am. Yeah. They don't have to look at me. Sure. And I appreciate that they do. So they're giving me the courtesy to reach out. I'm going to give them the courtesy to actually look at their material. You know, I'm going to look them up on Spotify. I'm going to listen to at least their top songs on there. Sure. I'm going to look at their Facebook. You know, I'm going to look at their Instagram. I'm going to look at their show history. And, uh, you know, not just be like, oh, wow, this band's pretty small. You know, I don't ignore any emails that come my way. If you email me, it might take a day or two. You know, I stay pretty busy, but I get back to absolutely everyone. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that they're considering me to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I I, I wish you all the best. I'm, I'm sure it's... Uh, the initial phase is always the most exciting. You oh, know? yeah. And then there's kind of a, uh, I guess, uh, coming to uh, realization phase where you realize how big this is or how much you're in charge of, you know? Right. And... Um, you know, hopefully that, that happy medium sets in right about there for you, you know? Yeah, it's very humbling, you know, to know that these bands are, you know, they're booking, that is the biggest part of their career. And all the bands that are serious about it, they view their band as a business. And that's what it is. Sure. You know? Absolutely. And uh, to be able to know that these bands trust me with their booking that is so incredibly humbling. You right. Know, it's, I, I feel honored. You sure. know, it doesn't matter if, you know, they could be a, um, you know, world touring platinum artist or they could be, you know, just some band looking to get around their local, you know, region. It's all the same. You know, it's so humbling to know that these guys trust me and, uh, you know, they, they have faith that I have their best intentions in mind. Yeah. I, I've always, I've been humbled by dealing with any aspect of, any musicians, um, what they submit, what what their career is all about, everything they they offer up to us as fans, just not me in, in any kind of professional capacity, but just us as fans, I've always been humbled by it because it's such a gift. Oh, it's yeah. such an unbelievable gift. And they don't even know who it's to initially. They just can't help but pour their heart out. And now oh, yeah. it's here in front of you and... You know, don't fuck it up. Don't don't shit on it. Yeah. You know, like give them their roses, pay them respects. You know. Yeah. I, I've all. I'll never. I don't think I'll ever lose interest in that. It's one of those things. You know, you either have it or you don't. It's not. You know, you hear a lot of people say, "Oh man, these bands. You know, they make it to the big time and they forget where they came from." Well, not all of them. That's not true. 
you know, I, I'm, you know, I've had the uh, the pleasure to meet. Um, for example, I got to meet Vinnie Paul one night. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I played at the Varsity uh, in Baton Rouge, and uh, you know, hell yeah, I got to meet Vinnie Paul. That was crazy, and um, it's one of those moments that uh, always sticks out to me. You know, it's it's not like the Pele Royale situation at Warped Tour where they're up and coming. You know, you, you kind of have to be extra nice when you're up and coming. You sure. <laughs> Vinny Paul's been there. He's been there for 20 years, yeah. you know. He's not up and coming anymore. But uh, I'll never forget, you know, they finished their set and uh, he came out. Just came hang out at the bar, hang out at the merch table. And uh, it was the coolest thing to watch him. Like, it was cool to meet him, but it was cooler to watch him meet other people. Uh-huh. So he'd do the same thing with every person. You know, you got to think there's... There's like 300 people in there. Everyone wants to talk to Vinny. But knowing that, you know, there's, I got a mob of people around me. You know, they all want my attention. He'd go, he'd shake your hand, tight handshake, look you in the eye and talk to you for about two, three minutes. You know, nothing big, just casual conversation. Sure. But in those two, three minutes, he kept eye contact with you and, you just, you got that feeling like it was just, it was kind of like how we are here. It's just the two of us yeah. sitting across from each other, talking. There was no one else around. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was such a cool thing to, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. And then after, you know, I, you know, still looking at him, watch, he'd do that for every single person. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's like, man, he didn't lose it, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of musicians out there. I think. You know, the, the assholes get, you know, it's like the the, the, uh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, all the assholes get the attention. Like, oh, man, this one singer, you know, you know spit on this fan of this show. Or <laughs> well, they're not going to talk about, you know, maybe the, their bassist is probably the most, you know, humble person and gave him a towel or something. Right. All the nice people, you know, the nice people don't get all the credit or anything. It's just the jerks, you know. You yeah. don't forget about the jerks. The public devours the drama, you know. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can reach you in case they want to give you some submissions. Oh, man, I'm very easy to reach. Uh, you can go to www.fuelthefuneralentertainment.com. There is a contact form on there where you can submit your band. comes directly to my personal email. I'll look it over. There is all of our services of what we offer on there. You can reach out, get a quote. There's our artist rosters, everything on there. You can reach out to our Facebook or our Instagram, you know, send us a message. You know, I'm, I'm active on those things. I look at them and I try not to let any time roll by before I get, it might take a day or two before I can get back to you, but I try and get back to every single person that reaches out. Um, we're, we're pretty easy to get a hold of, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, all the social sites and everything. Uh, if you reach out and send us a message, we check those, we check those, you know, I get the order on my phone. I'll look at it the minute I see it coming up and the second I get some free time, yeah. I'll try and get back to you. Yeah, that's good, man. All right, man. I really appreciate you coming, dude. Thanks, Absolutely, man. man. It was a pleasure. Cool. Hey, this is Levi from Misled, Southern Brutality in 1016. Look, man, we all start off as jam bands. We get together, we push our souls all throughout the speakers, man. Simple as that. Connections that we form with our crowd and following is nothing like any other. We'd love to have you back. Click that on button, show your support, or you can check us out at Buy Me a Coffee. Black 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 Black
Doors Music. I said, buy me a coffee, backslash, Doors Music. I am focused. Yeah, 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 yeah.